Welcome to Retirement Unlimited with Randy Barkley. Retirement Unlimited is an informative weekly radio program dedicated to offering factual information and sound advice for those wanting to know more about retirement planning. Proper advice depends on complete analysis of all the facts and circumstances. Information given on this program is in the nature of general financial comments and cannot be relied upon as pertaining to your specific situation. Listeners should consult their own financial advisor or conduct their own due diligence before making any financial decisions. This is to protect your assets. Randy Barkley is a California life insurance agent. California license number 0518567. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated. Tricord Advisors Inc. is a registered investment advisor. Now, here's Randy Barkley. Welcome to Retirement Unlimited. This is the radio program that is dedicated to helping you make smart decisions about your money. I'm your host, Randy Barkley, and I'm the president of Tricord Advisors. Tricord is a registered investment advisory firm and I'm a certified financial planner. I also have three other people in my office that are certified financial planners. Um, We are fiduciaries, and if you'd like to know more about what a fiduciary is and why you should be doing business with somebody who's a fiduciary, give me a call at my office, 951-684-7011, or just simply go to my website, which is www.retirementunlimited.com. Now, every week what I do is I divide my program into three parts. The first part is what I refer to as retirement update. The second one is tactical asset management. And the third one is news you can use. Now, in the first part of the program today in in, um, retirement update, I want to talk about something that it, it really falls in the line of financial literacy. So how many of you listening to me really have an emergency savings set aside? How many of you have set aside enough money to live for six months, maybe 12 months, without ever having to earn another dollar during that period of time? And when it comes down to it, it's clear that people want to have emergency funds. But what I'm finding, and this goes back to the research and all the studies that I've read, is that the vast majority of us don't have enough money set aside. We're not saving money not only for retirement, but just to have that emergency funds, just to have capital available that we can utilize in the event that we have a disruption in our income. Maybe you're still working and you go, you maybe lose your job or you have disability. Or if you have a major expense, like uh, your air conditioning goes out or your car breaks down or there's some other home repair that you don't have the money to do it. So therefore you are you either do without or you end up going to use your credit cards or borrow for that. So again, the study that comes out is that four in 10 Americans wouldn't be able to come up with $400 in any kind of financial emergency. I have to tell you that is really disheartening because to come up with just a small amount of money, less than $1,000, for 40% of the population, I'm talking about 40% of the households. And so the, what it does is those people then are forced, because they're not prepared, they're forced to go to either borrow from friends, they do without, or they borrow from a credit card, which is very, very expensive. So what are the psychological barriers? It, and I, and let, me tell, let me say this right out. Most of the situations that I've run across in my 40 years of being a financial planner is that it is not a financial barrier to save money. It is a psychological barrier. And therefore, you have to overcome the psychology of saving. 
And the saving oftentimes has to do with the amount of money that you're trying to save. So oftentimes people put the goal in front of them as too large. For example, if if you've never saved before, and all of a sudden the savings goal is too large, let's say it's $100 a month, $150 a month, $200 a month, it sounds like it's almost insurmountable. In other words, I can't save that amount of money. So what I do is I help, I, I deal a lot with children and in some cases grandchildren of my clients, and I talk to them about the psychology of saving. The psychology of saving has to be a dollar amount that you feel that you can easily do. So I start with, first of all, a meal out. If you are used to going out to uh, going out to eat, let's say three, four times a month, what I do is I take one of those meals, I take one of those expenses, and it could be anywhere from ten to twenty-five to thirty dollars, and I say let's just take that amount of money and we set it aside. Now, how we set that aside is really critically important. If it's set aside within your checking account, you're going to spend it. What I do is I try to design a plan that people set aside their money into something where they have to do something in order to get to it. They have to take some action. So therefore, just that additional action, it requires them to kind of stop and think about it. For example, when you go into a store, let's say you're going to buy something, you walk into a department store, there's less and less people that are going into box stores. Let's say you're going into Best Buy. I'll just use that for an example. I tell people, leave your wallet in the glove compartment so that you have the ability to go out from something that you're going to purchase. You have the ability to stop, have to walk all the way back out to your car and get your glove, you know, open up your glove compartment and get your wallet, get your money before you go back into the store. In that period of time, it allows you to think about your purchase. Setting aside money into an account and don't worry about investing the money. I had people saying, how should I invest $50 a month? I'm really not worried about that. What I'm saying is let's just build a base amount. Put it in a bank account, a securities account, a savings account. For example, I don't even care if you put it in a passbook savings account where you have to go into the bank to get it out. Don't get it just automatically connected to your checking account, but there has to be some physical action that has to be taken in order for you to get to that money. Make it harder for you to have access to that capital. So the the whole aspect of it is make it easy. In other words, set aside some amount of money out of your paycheck every single pay period. Set it aside, whether it be $10, $50, $75, and you use what I refer to as the law of gradualism. So every, you know, every every year, every six months, every month, whatever that time frame is for you, you increase it slightly. The slightly means like maybe a dollar, maybe five dollars. What it is, you don't see it. You don't recognize the difference in the savings amount. But before you know it, and I've done this many times with clients, before you know it, people are saving $100, $200 a month before they even recognize. And they started out maybe with $10, $20, $25, $50 a month. And they started to increase that dramatically. Also, when you get a windfall, let's say you get a promotion at work, you get a bonus, you get a, a job increase, take a portion of that increase, that windfall, and set that aside. Whether it be in a lump sum at least set aside uh, 10% of what you receive. If you receive a a salary increase, set aside 10% of that increase and put that into savings. 
you'd be surprised how much that will accumulate over time. So again, what you do is you take, you make it yourself an easy process. What we do now, most of my clients that I'm working with, this is not an issue with them. But I'm dealing with children and grandchildren in some cases and building on basic economic philosophy and how best to provide a secure financial base. And it's just interesting. Some some people just latch on to it and they immediately go forward with it. And the others just say, well, I, I just, yeah, I'll do it. But they kind of are they're procrastinators. They don't really do it. And you end up having an emergency and it's going to be a couple thousand dollars and they don't have the money. So what do they do? They borrow. They borrow the money, and they're right back into the same cycle again. And what I'm saying is it has to be a psychological difference about how you perceive your savings and how you deal with those emergency aspects of it. You know, it, it's, it's really a process of just planning. And I always tell people, let's build a plan together. If you'd like to know more information about what we do and how we help our clients, our children, our grandchildren, you know, give me a call. Phone number is 951 951- 684-7011. Let's build a plan together. Stay tuned for my next section. I'm going to talk about tactical asset management. You know, retirement is supposed to be a secure time. Are you secure? Do you and your loved ones have the information needed to make the right decisions about retirement? You need counsel, not another salesperson, an advisor that looks out for your interest more than theirs. This is Dennis Prager, and I'd like you to call Randy Barkley, a certified financial planner who's been serving the Inland Empire for over 26 years. He's a retirement specialist who works for you on all the important and often confusing things that determine how comfortable you are in retirement. Call Randy Barkley for a free consultation and learn for yourself what I've learned he can be trusted. Randy Barkley, 888-627-8371, 888-627-8371. Or visit me, Randy Barkley, at retirementunlimited.com. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back. This is the section of the program that I refer to as tactical asset management. You know, the most surprising thing about the, the sell-off that's occurred over the last uh, few days is that um, it was a long time in coming. Um, if you've listened to me over the last several weeks and such, I've, I've kind of cautioned people, and we've done that within our clients' portfolios, is that um, the valuations... It wasn't that we were exiting the market as much as we were just taking off profit. We were harvesting some of our our better returns and setting aside cash, waiting for some kind of downturn. Now, again, nobody knows what precipitates a downturn, but when it occurs, because when the market has continued to rise to the levels that it has been, you know, back in January and the first part of February, when the market receives a shock, and the coronavirus that came out is a shock. And that shock clearly uh, has an effect on the macroeconomics. Now, how long that will occur, nobody can tell you. I mean, there is, there's major governmental interaction, not only in China, but now also in the United States, as well as other countries, to contain the virus. I think a virus is extremely hard to contain, but I think that beyond the hysteria 
beyond the news media and the headlines, you know, if it if it bleeds, it leads. Take a good hard look at the facts. And the facts are is that, you know, we've had more deaths from the flu this year inside our country than we've had from coronavirus uh, that China's experienced. So therefore, it is a deadly virus. There's no question about it, but it doesn't have the same impact that Ebola does or did have. And um, so the concern is, is I think it's, I, I wouldn't say it's overblown, but I think that there is a concerted effort to really try to get it under control. And there's, there is a flurry of research and development at pharmaceutical companies to come up with a vaccine that will deal with it. But I think it's going to be the story for the next several months. I think that the coronavirus is going to disrupt uh, our supply chain. I think manufacturers here in the United States that are looking for parts and things that they need in order to complete the assembly of whatever they're building, whether it be automobiles or Apple phones or whatever it is, I think we're going to see some disruption of that. Now, with that said, once the virus is, is contained and once we start to see the number of cases subside, there is going to be a rush by manufacturers. You know, manufacturers have used what they refer to as on-demand supply. In other words, they didn't order more than what they needed at the moment. They kept their inventories low because supply chains were so responsive to the demand for their product. They could put more money in producing their end product than about building up inventories. Also, the supply chain was going to labor-based control. So they were going to China and other parts of the world that had a much lower labor cost. What they're recognizing is that globalization, in some cases, can really work against you. And so seeking the lowest cost can be very, very expensive when you have this kind of event occur. So I think once we see an end to the coronavirus, I think you're going to see manufacturers ramp up dramatically. Now, what are the positive impacts of all this? Well, we've seen treasuries drop dramatically, and that's had an impact upon mortgage rates. Mortgage rates have fallen to a low that we haven't seen now for several years. And the reason that is a cause and effect, because when people run to safety, they buy the thing that they believe is going to be the safest investment, the safest storehouse for their capital, and that happens to be U.S. Treasuries. In U.S. Treasuries, when you hit a demand that high, interest rates drop. So with interest rates dropping as low as they have, it has an impact upon mortgage rates. There's a direct correspondence between the 10-year Treasury and mortgage rates. And what we're seeing is mortgage rates now have dropped from four down to the low threes. And so you're seeing a dramatic decrease in the cost. So if you're borrowing money right now, this is a phenomenal time to do that because that's great. Now, savers are going to get slammed because banks are going to have a hard time holding to the one and a half to two percent rate because treasuries are dropping so dramatically. And so if this sustains for any kind of period of time, you're going to see a, uh, a lowering of interest rates on those particular um, banks that offered kind of an artificially higher rate of return because they don't want to lock into anything. So they'll use money market rates. They can adjust those rates down. Now, is this going to cause a recession? That is the, the key question that I'm getting again and again. With valuations as high as they were, the, the likelihood of a recession is still, is still remote. I think the biggest issue is that we have, we have such tremendous liquidity. But earnings, I think company earnings are going to be affected. 
And depending upon where your stock is held, if it's U.S.-based or if it's European-based or an Asian, or if you just have a general exchange-traded fund or an index that really has kind of a broad uh, broad mix of holdings, you're not being able to isolate specific companies, you're probably going to see much more radical volatility within your holdings. Therefore, it's one of the things that we've emphasized over the last couple months is that we want to focus in on generally the companies that we believe that are building up that that kind of have a fortress base to them. These are companies that are going to be less affected by economic downturn, people that companies that have a good dividend rate and they have they have a uh, a mix of of companies that are considered uh, sustainable and very strong no matter what the economic uh, viability is going forward. Now, the other thing is you build up amount of cash that you allow yourself to be able to reinvest and enter back into the marketplace. You know, over the last, um, you know, the several years or such as this, we have seen 25 drops of at least 3% in the benchmark, you know, going back to 2009. So this is not unusual to see some some kind of correction. So therefore, in each one of those cases, because we don't have any sign of recession on the horizon, every one of those cases have been a buying opportunity for those people that are prepared and have an ample amount of cash available to be able to buy things. Don't sell your assets. If your assets have been affected, again, your allocation of your assets are very important in this particular time as the economy continues to mature. But to sell off and just go to cash makes no sense at all. But at the same point in time, this is not something that you want to just run and hide from. You want to be opportunistic and you want to be able to look at assets that are cheaper. Because what happens when there's panic selling, people sell, they're they're indiscriminate. They sell the good and the bad. And they don't really have a way, particularly if they have index funds, they have no way to be able to separate out the better assets from the worse assets. And so what happens is there's a general downdraft that occurs. But with that, you have good assets that hold up very well, that are very strong, that become cheaper. And as they become cheaper, they become more attractive to purchase. Therefore, if you're managing your portfolio that way, you have the ability to acquire assets that are going to be built into that fortress in your portfolio that will give you a much better outcome over time. And I always tell clients, if you're going to invest money, your time horizon cannot be too short. Your time horizon has to be through a sickle, cyclical time frame. So tip, you know, typically anywhere from four to five years. So if you're looking at something that happens within a week or a month or even a year, your timeline is too short. You need to be able to broaden it out. And by how you accomplish that is making sure you have safer assets, more liquidity on money that you need. In other words, if you're if you're desiring or you need to have capital coming out of your portfolio, you need to have certain assets that are not affected by the up and down volatility of the stock market. You need to have assets that are stable that you can draw from and you can replenish that bucket, so to speak, at a later time when assets are are more expensive and you have the ability to sell them and make a profit on it. If you'd like to talk to me and understand the army of economists that we have available to us that provide us constant support and information and help us with helping manage our clients' portfolios, I'd like to sit down and talk with you. Phone number is 951-684-7011. Let's build a plan together. Remember, the first interview is always free. Stay tuned for my next section. I'm going to talk about news you can use.
Hi, this is Hugh Hewitt. Hey, if you're retired or approaching retirement, listen up. Retirement planning is critical to your financial health. And like choosing the right doctor, your financial planner must be able to understand your concerns, help you navigate through your retirement, which can be filled with uncertainty, volatility. Certified financial planner Randy Barkley has been assisting clients for 30 years by helping them understand all the information that to most of us can be overwhelming. Go to retirementunlimited.org. Or call Randy Barkley for a no-obligation appointment at 888-627-8371. That's 888-627-8371, retirementunlimited.org. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back. This is the section of the program that I refer to as News You Can Use. You know, there's been, you know, the political environment right now, and of course, with Bernie Sanders uh, being kind of the front runner for the Democratic nomination and uh, all the talk about authoritarian uh, regimes, you know, his he kind of complimented Cuba, the Castro, and he's also had some positive comments about about Russia as well as kind of alluded to China. And again, I think I think what most, particularly the younger generation, they don't realize how extreme and how incredibly controlling authoritative regimes can be over the populace. There's an article in the Wall Street Journal, and it's the, uh, what is the date on this? February 18th, but it shows records show how China tracks Muslims. And for those of you that have uh, read about either Christian missionaries and or Muslims or any other other religious group or any kind of any group within uh, China, within their boundaries, what they do to protect and to control any kind of individuality or personal belief system that is different from the communist central government. And this article talks about how China now is using um, is using technology and how they are segmenting. Uh, they're going out. This article talks mostly about this this Muslim group that's in the kind of the north. It's in the northeastern part, northwestern part of China, and they literally have built, uh, I call them concentration camps, they call them re-education facilities, but they are literally bringing these people up and they put them in for re-education. And that means whatever it is that they want them to think, they take them through a process of you know almost like a deprogramming, but they also take that opportunity to destroy their mosques. Any of the churches, that's why the, the underground church in China is so strong, because, you know, the, the Catholic Church, you know, the Pope pretty much gave over authority to the Chinese central government, says, we will allow you to help select our bishops. And so what it is, is that it, 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 it haunts back to the date when the Germans, when the Nazis took control and they took, they stepped into the Christian church, into the Baptist church, and they started to take control of what was going on, and the churches bowed down to them. And what's happening in China is that individual interest, uh, religious personal belief is being squashed, and this article talks about what they do and how they do it in order to accomplish their overall goal. So therefore, we need to understand who you know who what what this regime is doing and how they take control and this article talks about their their analysis and then their their uh, control of a of a group and what they do it's really important for us to understand who china is and what their long-term goals are if you'd like to have a copy of this article it says records show how china tracked muslims i'll be more than happy to send you out of 
out of free reprint because the article could say anything. How how you know records show how China tracks Christians. How China tracks you put it, you fill in the blank. But it's important for you to understand what they're doing and how they do it. So give me a call to my office at 951-684-7011 or just simply go to my website, which is www.retirementunlimited.com. Until next week, folks, may you grow in wisdom and knowledge. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Retirement Unlimited with Randy Barkley. For more information about today's show or other questions regarding your retirement planning, call Randy at 951-684-7011. That's 951-684-7011. Remember, retirement planning is a process, not a product. So call Randy at 951-684-7011 or visit his website at retirementunlimited.com. And be sure to tune in next week for another edition of Retirement Unlimited. Proper advice depends on complete analysis of all the facts and circumstances, the information given on this program is in the nature of general financial comment and cannot be relied upon as pertaining to your specific situation. Listeners should consult their own financial advisor or conduct their own due diligence before making any financial decisions. This is to protect your assets. Randy Barkley is a California life insurance agent. California license number 0518567. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated. Tricord Advisors, Inc. is a registered investment advisor.